Hey everyone, welcome to Unlikely to Apologize. I'm one of your hosts, Nikki. And I'm Heather. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I feel like we always start these episodes the same way. Hello. Yes. Um, it's just, it's it's Friday. It's Friday and actually we almost couldn't record. Well, it's Friday for us. It's Wednesday for right. listening. Um, yeah, I almost couldn't record today because there's and I can see it still there's a little red little thing at the bottom of my screen and it says something about updates are available so I'm like oh okay so I like click it to update and it starts updating and then like this message appears it's like we couldn't update so we're reverting back and then this screen went black and then it went blue oh blue screen bad bitlocker or something yeah, and that's I, your recover, like recovery mode. Yes, or it was like a recovery mode. And I was like, what in? The- yeah, blue oh. screen. Blue screen is like danger, <laughs> danger, danger. Yeah. So I sent a picture to my husband and I was like, I don't know. It wanted some like recovery code key or something. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what I did. And he was like, he said, well, you have two choices. You can either go to Best Buy or you can ask John. And I'm like, I'm like looking at what I look like. And I'm like, I'm not about to freaking shower to go to Best Buy to deal with my computer issues. Hey, John Davis. (laughs) So I sent him a picture of it. And at first he was like, oh, that's not good. And I think it's because he initially saw like the blue screen. He thought somebody hacked my computer and wanted like they were going to try to ransom it back from me. So I, I responded to him. I said, well, it's a sad day for them because I would tell them you can keep it. <laughs> it's yours, yours now. <laughs> it's all yours. Have at it. Good luck to you. Um, but then he, he said, hold on, let me do some research. And he came back and he sent me a link. And he's like, you need to put in your Microsoft information. And there's there's a code that it's looking for. Um, because it seems like somebody did try to hack into my computer. And my computer said no, and it instantly went into recovery mode. And she goes, what did he say? Something like, but don't fuck it up. It's a 58 character code. Oh, shit. (laughs) You'd be like this with your index fingers? Like an old man typing? Of course, I'm thinking to myself, like, if I put in the wrong code, is my computer just going to, like, blow up in front of me? (laughs) Access denied. You're done. (laughs) You're done. So it worked. Oh, good. So your husband is my hero today. Yeah, he's he's good for things like that. My little IT guy sometimes. You should see me when my internet goes out with the house because you know I work from home. So and I'm like, the arrow's not working. Can you reset it for me? You think that I would be like, hey, can you show me how to reset nope. it? Like, I'll just do it myself. No, I have to text him. And now that I'm thinking about it, I should just ask him for like, I think it's just an app. Like I'm pretty good with all the smart stuff that we have in our house, but for whatever reason, I just don't do that. I'm like, can you reset it for me? And he's like, okay. And he'll just reset it from his phone for me. But like, I don't like depending on him for that kind of thing. But um, yeah, he's the, he's the, the, the technology guy. guy. Yeah. No, my husband was like, I don't have any idea. You're going to have to ask. He said, you're either going to have to go to Best Buy or you're going to have to ask John. Yeah. and I was I like John would be my hero he'll yeah. help me <laughs> I have like this one piece of hair that's just not curly and it's driving me insane <laughs> I can't so let's uh let's oh, talk let's about you it. what's yeah. happening with your situation with your house so um we're going on the market on Thursday we mm. 
put in new floors. We restained the deck. Well, not we, we hired people because, you know, let's, let's be honest, John and I aren't the most manual labor people in the world. Um, and we had the, uh, ceilings and whatnot repainted. And then our realtor comes over yesterday to do a walkthrough and come to find out there's still a lot of work done, uh, that needs to be done. So, um, oh my God. you're just like going to cry. Yeah. So today our goal is to go to Home Depot, get all the stuff we do. John, John's going to handle it, which is fine. Um, we had landscapers come yesterday, uh, courtesy of my realtor, which I thought was really nice. And that is cool. Yeah. And he's having somebody come clean, like deep clean for us next week as well. So Monday and Tuesday, I'm actually going to work from the office with the guys and the dogs so they can have access Monday and Tuesday to the house. Um, but I think Shane's mostly in the field these days. You could probably sit in yeah, his office. And I think, I think John's actually going to be in the field with him next week as well. So like, it'll just be me and the dogs in the office and, you know, maybe Carly. So, um, but like, what was it Tuesday? I don't know, like what happened, but like, I just wasn't feeling good. And I like sitting down at dinner, eating steak, John like asked me a question and I was like, I don't like, I don't even know. It's just like the same thing that happened at Lupe Tortilla like months ago. I just like started crying and I was like, I really hate feeling like this. And he's like, I know you do. Like he was so like, you could tell that I was visibly upset. And I was like, my little bottom lip is like shivering because I'm trying not to cry. But I think I can't, I think I'm struggling getting my hormones set. Like I think the progesterone issue that I came across with what was it last month I Jill I still haven't rectified and I know it took me six months to get it corrected yeah and I feel like I'm going through that now and I just can't grasp it so once the house goes on the market and I have a minute to kind of breathe I'm gonna um try to resync my cycle um actually Corinne is doing a master class uh Shout out to Corinne um, from Mind Your Hormones podcast. She's doing a free masterclass on reconnecting with your body, um, I think next week. So I'm going to try to listen to that as well or, or figure out what it is that she's offering for it because I, I need to figure this out because my like, yeah, this isn't me, you know, like it's not. Right. And, and I think that's a big thing too with John and I with discussing, like I've, I've mentioned a couple of times on this podcast that we've had heated discussions and it's not me. Like we know it's not me. Um, but it makes well, it but you also have to remember that right now you have a lot going on and stress affects all of that stuff as well. Right. Yeah. My cortisol so like, levels are probably insane. The right amount now. of, the amount of personal stuff you have going on and work-related stuff, right? Like yeah. you're switching, you're transitioning positions, right? So you're essentially doing two roles right now. You're trying to get ready to sell a house. I think the stress of one selling a house, but the stress of the unknown of doing like RV life is a lot. Yeah. You know, we have the podcast, you know, you've got your beatnik. Um, and so I feel like there's just so much that that can also help. But I feel like once the house kind of stuff settles, I think also you'll be able to feel better as well. Yeah. I'll be able to focus. Like I was, I did mention to John, I think it was last night or Wednesday. Night, I was like, I just hate being in limbo. Right. And I feel like every aspect of my life is legitimately in limbo right now. Like nothing is in a routine. Nothing is, I don't want to say sustainable because I'm sustaining it somehow, but like, yeah. So, I mean, I think come Thursday, 
when it's officially up, I'll be able to breathe and like focus on what I need to. But like, I just, I need to get back into like a normal routine, whatever that may look like at this point. And then again, I'll probably go through this all over again when we finally sell. So everybody who's listening, please say your prayers. And I have a really funny story. Um, Cause I told uh, one of my best friends today. So have you ever heard of burying St. Joseph in your yard? I've not. So maybe I'll, I'll, I should put this on stories. So when we lived in Naugatuck, Connecticut, our house was on the market for a year. And I was like reading all of these things of like what we can do. One of the things was like switch a realtor, um, you know, make some updates to the house. And then I came across, I think like a Christian blog or something. And they mentioned St. Joseph and it's a little statue that you buy and it comes with a prayer and you say the prayer and then you bury it. And it's, it's got a face a certain way in front of your house and you bury it at the, the front of your lot. Um, and our house sold in like a month. So I'm, I'm buying, I bought St. Joseph today. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I already got it. I already got it. We're not doing this. We're not doing this shit. We're not again. doing this. We're I'm gonna, I'm gonna say my little prayer and I'm gonna bury him in our front yard. And it's funny too, because I, I am Catholic. I was raised Catholic. I went to Catholic school. I don't necessarily go to church anymore, but when it comes to saints, I still believe in all of that stuff. Like I pray to St. Anthony when I'm missing something. Um, you know, I pray what's the one for dogs. I forget like whenever I need something for the dogs, like I'm constantly praying to saints. So there's, that's where my like religious, uh, beliefs still stand. Um, so yeah, I will maybe, I, I will try to be adamant of showing you guys how it what what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm period. curious. So yeah, just like this show, you should show us. Um <laughs> you should show us that. Um oh I do want to acknowledge um we actually had some engagement yesterday on our giveaway for coffee. Oh, yeah. Um, well it's now been a week because now you're listening to it after we recorded this. But National Coffee Day um uh, was the 29th and we actually, I was surprised. So I'm an iced coffee drinker. So national coffee day, I was like, I'm going to put up a little in stories, five winners get $5 Venmo to them to buy their next coffee on us. And the thing that you had to do was you drink hot coffee or iced coffee. And I was surprised, um, more people drink iced coffee Mm -hmm. than hot coffee. And I was like, even like year round, like even when it's like, well, I mean, as cold as it gets here, I yeah. still do iced coffee. So I just wanted to thank people for participating. Um, it was fun for me, actually. I, yeah. I actually really love that. I think my love language is gifts, but I don't want to receive gifts. I want to give gifts. I love giving to people. And so I just, I don't know, it made me really happy to get to do that. Yeah. And like Please interact do. with like people who follow us in, in DMs. I just, I loved it. It made me so happy yesterday. So thank you to everybody who participated in that. You made my whole day. (laughs) Thanks for reminding me too. I got to, I'm going to send you a Venmo when we get off the phone um, for it. So, but yeah, that was a good idea. And I love your text. You're like, by the way, I'm doing, I'm going up in stories. I'm doing a giveaway. I'm like, you do you, boo boo. (laughs) I'm busy. (laughs) (laughs) Do what you need to do. So anyway, on that note, let's transition. It's October for those listening. We're now in October. Um, we are switching gears and we're doing a fun little October series that Nikki is going to tell you all about. Yeah. So first, before I say this, I want to preface this, that at the beginning of the year, when we were going through like special days and special months that I was like, when October comes, I want to do women owned 
businesses because that's like the month. So the month of October is it's either, and forgive me, it's either women owned business businesses or women owned small business month, whatever it is. So we have got in contact with four local business owners here in Austin, and they all have taken the time out of their very busy schedules to sit down with us and talk about um, their experience with owning their own business, how they got started, um, some of the struggles that they may have, um, you know, had some of the best times that they had, if they have any regrets, it's kind of a really nice, um, it's kind of refreshing to see all these women from different, different types of businesses too, yes. right? come in and talk and they all kind of so far, cause I know we still have two more that we have to do, but I love that the, the last, the first two that we did, they both kind of had, um, the same response when we asked them about like, do you have any regrets? It's just like, well, no, because I want to be, you know, I want to be where I am without them. And I love that idea that they don't have regrets or, you know, they're just rolling with the punches. So it's, yeah, it's, well, it's, I'm excited it's for this taking, taking any experience that could have been a regret and using it as a tool to learn. So it's right. like, I could have regretted whatever situation, but I'm choosing to not and use it as a way to learn and move forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this week we have Beth. Um, she was a political consultant for I years. I thought that was very interesting to hear her talk about that. So yes. Um, so she went from being a political consultant to a Pilates studio owner. She owns B Pilates in South Austin and we'll link all of her websites and all of that stuff in our show notes. But I, I think that it is the coolest thing to go from political consulting, which she said, she mentioned she still dabbles in, um, but to go from political consulting to, right, which I feel is like really high stress job to something that is based around wellness and taking care mm -hmm. of herself and helping other people take care of themselves. So I thought that was, that was yeah, really cool. It was definitely interesting too, because a lot of the things that we've talked about in the past with different women, especially like the ones that have like high stress careers, we, we all kind of like relate to the fact of feeling burnt, burnt out mm -hmm. and she was able to make that decision, but then it flourished into, you know, something so much more. So, um, that was really nice to hear about like, yeah, I was there and I was done and <laughs> I started doing this and now I'm here. So it's a great storyline or, you know, timeline of how things, uh, turned out for her. Yes. Um, well, and the best part about Beth is next week's guest, Lauren, at one point was Beth's nanny. I know that's small. Yes. Yeah, so I actually kind of like that we're doing like Beth's story and then we'll do Lauren's story because um that's how I know Beth is because my sister, Lauren's my sister, used to nanny for Beth's children. And um her youngest and my my son are about the same age. And so like when we look back at pictures from like my son's first birthday, they were there. Oh. Yeah. Great. So anyway, full circle moment. Full circle. So but I'm, I'm really excited. Yeah. I think that we, we got really lucky with the four women that we um, are going to feature and they're all local in Austin. So we're supporting local businesses. Hmm. Um, and I think that there's something, even if you're not interested in being a Pilates studio owner, something to learn from listening to Beth's story about how she kind of did what she did and where she is. And, and I think that's the great point. You don't, 
have to necessarily have in common what these women or what Beth's doing or what these women are doing in general, but just seeing or hear, I can't say seeing because you're not seeing, (laughs) hearing like the steps that they took and what they went through, you could probably relate to a certain extent of, you know, maybe you're thinking about starting your own. So hearing women who have gone through the process of creating their own businesses and what they did, um, I think could be very helpful for people. So yes. Yes. So yeah, we hope you enjoy it. And as always, if you like what you hear, please, please, I'm almost going to get on my hands and knees and beg, leave us a review and rate us, please. Um, I know on iTunes, that is the only way to bump us kind of to the top of our category so that other people can find us. So that's my please. please. <laughs> right. So I do want to say this too. We do appreciate because a lot of people have reached out to us via Instagram, email, Facebook, text, telling us how much they love the show. We appreciate that feedback, but we would like you to take that feedback and give it to the universe for us. Yes, Um, please. Because we also just think about how you take the time to type to us, type it on one of those review things. We still get notifications of that. So you would still let us know. And then I would still come after you and say, thank you for doing it. Uh, So please, please, please. Um, I feel like we have so many like reviews and feedbacks in our DMs that could. Right. Well, I just. I feel like as we're kind of wrapping up, right, we just had a conversation about wrapping up how we're going to wrap up season one of our podcast. And I just feel like the stories that we've shared and that we will continue to share are so good. And there's so much value in what these people have to say. And what these women, I guess I say people, they're mostly women. We had one, we had one man, um, <laughs> but these women offer so such great insight just to life in general. Mm -hmm. And I want to screen their stories from the rooftop. And the only way to do that and to get these around is for people to share us, people to rate us, review us. If you hear an episode that you like, it's so easy on iTunes to hit the share button and you can send a text. You can actually text the episode Mm -hmm. to somebody. You can email it to somebody. And I just, I just want these women who have taken the time to speak with us to reach more people. I know. I feel like I need to make one of those like uncle Sam's we need you (laughs) us and just say, we need you to review. Um, But yeah, please take the time. Um, Again, we appreciate the feedback. And of course we, any, I'm just going to say this, of course, we love doing this and it's a lot of time and effort, but some of the, some of the things that we're looking forward to one day is having, you know, monetization for it. And the best way for us to do that is to get us up there so we can start supporting more women, you know, events or hosting women events or, you know, donating to women things. We would love to do more of that type of stuff. Heather and I are both in agreement that we love charity. So if we can continue to do that with in the name or the platform that is unlikely to apologize uh you guys can help us do that by just rating us and giving us some feedback so yes and with that we will let you listen to beth yeah enjoy guys oh wait no i forgot (gasps) if you (laughs) if you do have a story to share or you know somebody who has a story to share you can get us on instagram my um at mine is nikki underscore cams i'm heatherlyn flores and Our Instagram one is unlikely to apologize podcast. And as always, you can email us at hello at unlikely to apologize. um, Com. Yes. And that's it. You may now go listen to that. Enjoy the rest of your week, guys. We'll talk. We'll talk next week. Bye. Bye. Hey, Beth. Welcome to 
uh, our show. So happy to have you on tonight. Thanks for having me. Um, as you know, we are having you on for uh, October, which is Women Owned Small Business Month. So uh, one of the things we want to start with is just letting our listeners know who you are and what you do. Sure. I'm Beth Hernandez. I am a wife, a mom of two boys. I'm a recovering political consultant and current Pilates studio owner and instructor here in Austin. That sounds fun. Political coordinator. I'm curious, what does that like entail? So when I would tell people I'm a political consultant, they think that they automatically go to the West Wing and <laughs> um, and it really isn't like that. You know, uh, I've worked on political campaigns directly for campaigns, but I spent the bulk of my political career working in political advertising, specifically doing print advertising, doing direct mail for Democratic candidates, organizations, um, nonprofit groups, etc. Oh, nice. Most of my time behind a desk on a computer or on a plane, going to talk to candidates and uh, working directly with candidates, doing photo shoots with candidates and also with organizations supporting candidates. Sounds very busy. (laughs) That does sound very busy. So how did you go from political consultant to Pilates studio owner? Yeah, it was quite, it's been quite the journey. You know, I I discovered Pilates when I was a 20-something living in Washington, D.C., and I went to my local gym, and they were offering a Pilates class, and I had heard about Pilates in the past. I'd read about it. I didn't really know what it was. I knew I had associated it with dance, and I grew up as a dancer, and so that was appealing to me. I was curious about it. I didn't even know how to pronounce it. I thought it was pronounced pilots. I read it in <laughs> a magazine and I read that celebrities were doing it. I didn't really know what it was. I thought it had something to do with yoga. Sounded uh-huh. interesting. I took a class and at that time at the gym, they were just offering mat classes and I kind of immediately got hooked. And it was something as somebody who really, I, I hated PE. I was never much of an exerciser. I was a dancer, but I had asthma. I'm not going to jog a mile. I'm never going to run a marathon. It was an exercise that I could do and do well. And I felt like I saw results pretty quickly from it. And, but it also, there were also mental health benefits to it as well. Right. So I started taking math classes and then they started offering some more advanced math classes. And then they brought in reformers and I wasn't even sure what a reformer was. I thought it looked like this kind of rowing machine or something that you see um, on the late night infomercials with Chuck Norris. (laughs) Hold on, hold on. Total gym, because I'm pretty sure my mother had one of those. Yeah. Total gym. Um, I, I wasn't even sure what they were. And they brought in these, they built a little studio at the gym and brought in these reformers and they were so heavy you had to actually pick them up and pull them to your spot they were they're hundred about 100 pounds that was the first part of the workout you had to pick up your reformer (laughs) from parallel parking it we had a parallel park it in the corner you pick up your reformer you drag it out to the middle of the floor you set it down and I really just fell in love and this was the only exercise that I would get out of bed and go to the gym at 6 a.m for um I just love the way I felt After doing it, I felt like I could do it. I could do it well. I loved learning about it and it really helped my, with my mental health as well. So I kind of became addicted to it. It was really just a hobby at first. 
And then I'd be working on these elections and it would cut into my Pilates time. I'd be <laughs> working on these elections and I'd be at the office really late at night. And sometimes I'd be waiting around back in those days, you'd have to wait around for your, your mail piece that you were working on to be approved. And you'd have to get a fax approval and you'd be sitting around until 11, 8, 11 PM waiting for the, the fax machine to ring. And we didn't have, this is, I'm dating myself, but we didn't have <laughs> internet access like we do now. We didn't all have laptops at home. And I'd be sitting there. And sometimes when things would get really stressful, I'd say to myself, maybe I'll just be a Pilates instructor. And it was kind of <laughs> a joke. Maybe I'll just open a Pilates studio. Maybe I'll just be a Pilates instructor. And I'd Google, what does it take to be a Pilates instructor? And I kind of just, you know, it was kind of a joke. It was kind of a, you know, a what if. Mm-hmm. And uh, we moved to Austin. We moved back to Texas in 2005. I found a local studio. I started taking classes again. Then I had children and it kind of went aside for a few years. It was very on and off, probably more off than on. And then in 2013, a studio opened up near my house. And at the time I was living in South Austin, I had to drive to Rollingwood to go to Tarrytown to find a studio. There were no studios nearby or Westlake. And so there was nothing South. And the studio opened near my house in 2013 and I started going and I became kind of a regular there for about a year. And then they said that they were offering teacher training. And I thought, oh, I'll give this a try. I don't know where this is going, but maybe it's just a fun, you know, fun side hustle. Maybe I'll just teach a class here or there. I'll get some free classes. I'll learn more about this. And I actually did teacher training, not at that studio, but a sorority sister from college who was affiliated with the same group, a teacher training group that the studio was affiliated with. She was hosting a teacher training at her studio in Florida. So I said, hey, can I just come and do this training? And, you know, and I told her maybe this is a fun weekend or maybe this is a new career or maybe it's somewhere in between. I'm not really (laughs) sure. I'm just kind of doing this. And so I started, you know, taking one teacher training. So I, I, I became certified in math. And then I started teaching a few math classes. And then I started, beca- then I became an apprentice at the studio. And then I started, then I did reformer training. And I would do these trainings one, once a year in between election cycles. And oh, so you were, so you I, were still actively working. I was, in, yeah, I was going to ask. Yeah, I was still actively working in politics. I would go you know, do my apprenticeship on Sunday afternoons and work the front desk and that kind of thing and pull out the mats. And, and I was still actively working. So I'd have to do these in between election cycles. So I would, sometimes it would take me a year to finish. I was going to say, you, you're making me tired. (laughs) (laughs) And she has two kids. Sometimes to finish one module because of all the hours, the practice teaching hours that you had to do. And and the observations you had to do and the projects. And it would sometimes take me a year in between. And I was still working in politics. I was still working in elections. And then in 2016, I was really, I had really just come to my breaking point. I was really burnt out. It was the, the definition of burnout. And I just saw how, you know, I've been doing it for, all, for almost 20 years at that point. And I just saw how how toxic it was becoming. And I felt like I was contributing to that and I just couldn't do it anymore. And, and as, and my mental health was starting to deteriorate as well. I came to the point in the 2016 election where I literally had a panic attack at my desk. 
Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't do it anymore. And so 2017, I decided I'm done. And I, I left the door open and I still, I said to my colleagues, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a, a partner a shareholder in a firm. And I said, I, you know, I can't do this anymore. And I'm going to, I'm going to leave. I'm not trying to com- compete with you. I'm not trying, I don't certainly don't want to open up my own firm or anything like that. I want to collaborate with you. And we actually ended up collaborating in 2018. And so I was still kind of freelancing. That's why I say I'm a recovering political consultant. <laughs> but I still feel like I have a relapse every now and then mm-hmm. and <laughs> still a little bit of a dabbler, you know, right, <laughs> right. a little dabbler. So I did some project work with them and I was trying to figure it out. And so I'm, I'm teaching at that time. I, I'd been teaching, you know, one class a week up until then. So I was teaching one class a week and then I was teaching two classes a week. And then I was teaching, you know, multiple classes a week and I was doing private sessions. And then now I'm teaching at two studios. And that kind of went on for about a year and a half. And I just said to myself during that time, well, why not? Why not do it? You know, I've had this idea in the back of my mind for what, at this point, 15 years or more, why not do it? And so I can do this and, and, you know, working at other studios and seeing how, what it takes to run a studio. I, you know, I said, I, I can do this. Why, why am I not doing it? So, so I did. Great. Wow. So I get, what was, as I've never owned a business, um, my husband owns multiple businesses, but I guess my first question to you would be, what was one of the first things that you did? Like, I guess what, what, what was like kind of the steps to say, I'm going to be a business owner now. This is what I need to do. Um, am I asking, I don't know if I'm asking that yes. right, but like what, 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 what kind of was the thought process or like the steps to be like, okay, you made the decision, right? I'm doing this. Right. Now what? Now what? Yeah. And that whole, I'm doing this, it, that wasn't overnight. It was, it took time, you know, and, and at the time there was a, a, a teacher, a colleague, another Pilates instructor, a colleague of mine, and we were working at a studio together and we had talked about collaborating and doing a studio together. And we actually started writing a business plan together. And through that course of doing that, and I had no idea how to write a business plan. I had never written a business plan before. But I did feel some some confidence because I was a part owner of a of a political consulting firm. I mean, right. I was a shareholder. There were majority owners. I I had a, a stake in it, so I felt like I knew enough about the business side. I started writing a business plan. I had no idea how to write a business plan. I took a a course on a, a workshop on how to write a business plan. I started putting this together. And then honestly, it just kind of got tabled for a while. We, we wrote this plan together, but then in the course of doing so, we realized that we really didn't want to do the same thing that there, we had different interests. And so we, you know, we, we kind of just tabled it for a while and I started working at a couple of studios. She was working at, you know, one of the same studios, she's working at another studio and I had in the meantime, I've seen so many political partnerships. A lot of our of, of political consulting firms are, are based on partnerships. And I've seen a lot of those crumble and deteriorate and, and very few of them end well. Right. And 
I just decided that this, this is probably a partnership is probably not the right move here. It's probably a one woman show. And so I, I started, you know, thinking about it a little bit more and just trying to learn how to, how to, to do a studio. How do you run a studio? Um, I, I actually took a, I did, joined a coaching program and took a course about how to run a studio. I started working on a business plan, but after a while, you kind of have to stop thinking and start doing. Yeah. So you just have to decide that you're going to do it and do it. Right. And so in terms of the legal steps, I had an attorney a friend whom I had known through politics. I asked him to put together an LLC for me. And uh, while he was doing the paperwork on that, I said, well, if you're doing one, you might as well do two. So why don't you do a political LLC for me too? So that I'll have it and I'll still have it for any project work. Um, and so he, he did the two LLCs. I kind of came across this space that looked like it was going to be a really good, a good fit. It was a, a space that I had inquired about a year before when I had been working on this business plan with this potential partner that wasn't available at the time. And then it was available again and it seemed like it was going to be a good fit. And so I just did it. You know, at, at some point you have to, I don't know if you're familiar with Mel Robbins, mm-hmm. um, an author and, and excuse me, sorry. Um, she's an author and she wrote a book called the five second rule. And she talks about when you, you know, counting backwards, five, four, three, two, one, and just taking action. And, and um, I had to rely on that so much during that period of getting started to will myself to get out of the car, you know, to have a scary conversation about I'm going to sign, I'm going to sign a lease, or I'm going to open a bank account to walk into the bank. I would literally five, four, three, two, one myself out of the car I love that. Walk it in, walk yeah. into the bank to walk into this, talk to the landlord, you know, all of those things. And um, yeah, at some point you just have to stop thinking and start doing. See, and I'm, this is why Nikki and I work so well together um, and why we joined to do the podcast together because I am, and I'm convinced that I will forever just be a dreamer, right? Like, I have all these things that I write down that I want to do and, and, but I will take minimal action and then I just watch it crumble. Whereas if I tell Nikki, (laughs) I want to do X, she's like, okay. So I'm like the dreamer and Nikki's like, we're going to do this. We're getting it done. Mm -hmm. So she's kind of like the but I think she starts at three. She's more like a three, two, one, go. <laughs> I guess, sometimes yeah, you need an accountability skips. partner. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you need an accountability partner. So it's funny. And- it's funny to say that because I think I can do it when it comes to actions for other people. But like mm-hmm. me, I take, I take longer time to do it. But like, even in my own marriage, my husband tells me he wants, like he has an idea and he wants to do something. I am, all right, let's go. And I already have, you know, steps one through five done. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it also goes into like, you know, I love planning things. And I was just going to ask you too, along those lines, because you already had that kind of consulting and you worked in what seemed like a little bit of marketing too. Did you find it easy to kind of, you know, build clientele in that sense, because you were able to 
kind of build marketing. Yeah. Well, like what you're talking about, sometimes it's harder to do it for yourself. Right. I so found the beginning, it was much easier for me to advertise and market a political candidate than it was to market myself as a Pilates instructor. And I kind of had to get over that, you know, and it took a while. But um, but in terms of running a business, I I it my political background did give me some confidence in that way because it, I told myself if I can run a campaign, I can run a business. Right. No, campaign I, is a political <laughs> campaign, which I have run, you know, a political campaign. A political campaign is essentially a startup. Right. You have six to eight months, you have to fund it, you have to market it, to market your candidate. You have, you know, you have a finance operation, you have a field operation, which is essentially marketing. You have, um, you know, advertising, paid advertising in some way, shape or form. You have to build coalitions. You have to be out in the community. Those are the same things you have to do to run a business. So if I can do one, why can't I do the other? So that that did give me confidence knowing Mm -hmm. that I, I had run a political campaign and I had run advertising campaigns for other for candidates and for organizations but it's harder when it's yourself it, it it really is like I have um I make dry shampoo it's like been my baby for the last like 10 years I recently probably last year just started my business and again out the door running and now I hit and that's going to be my next question for you do you feel the ups and downs of it because I feel like there's times where I'm so into it and I have all these ideas and I get it done. And then it's like, it's not a burnout because I don't want to use that word because I do love it, but it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I just need a break from mm-hmm. doing this for a minute and put mm-hmm. my focus somewhere. So I know you talked about burnout with the political career and your mental state, which you know we've all heard very often with women and working in those like high-end, high-demand careers. Do you feel times with this? Because again, you it's your business, you're running it every day. Do you have those moments of up and down where it's like, okay, multiple times a day, every day, (laughs) some days you're, you're flying high and you just, you made a sales goal or you really helped a client and they compliment you on how great they feel or the results they're seeing. And then the next day or the next hour you have something go wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, something go wrong and instructor can't make it in and you're scrambling to figure out how we're going to cover this class or um, a client who's unhappy for some reason or somebody came in and and did a introductory package at your studio but ended up going with another studio you know all those all those things and you don't close the sale you know all those things they happen and yes there is constant up and down that's just part of being a business owner. And it's, um, and the other thing about it is it's lonely. Right. I've heard, it, people, I've heard women say that when they kind of go their own and do their right. own thing. And it's, it, it, I've heard that before. Yeah. It can be very lonely. You know, when I worked in politics, I, I worked for two, well, more than two, actually three different firms um, where I was, I was the Texas office. I I ran the Texas office for most of the time. I was the Texas office. It was just me. Everybody else was based in DC. And then I would have some staff working with me in my office during the critical election times. But for the most part, it was just me and that would get lonely. 
but at least you had other colleagues to bounce ideas off of. There was, there was a California office who was a person in the same position that I was, or there were other colleagues, other partners that you could talk to and bounce ideas off of. It's just me. And so I've actually invested in working with a coach who works with small businesses, service-based small businesses who owned her own Pilates studio. And I probably, we, we consult via Boxer often. Um, that's an app. It's like a walkie talkie app. And we, I probably leave our messages every day. (laughs) And some days they're, yay, this just happened. And some days they are, I need to vent and rant and, you know, I'm leaving this message more for myself than I am for you. I may have a question at the end of it, or maybe I'm just venting, but that has helped tremendously just to have somebody else to talk to who's been through it because Mm -hmm. it can be very lonely. Right. I think it's also to the ideas, I think bouncing ideas off of somebody, right? Like I always think I'm confident in what I want to do and, and what I like see, like what I picture. And then it's like, I need this little bit of validation or reassurance from somebody else. Be like, okay, you're on the right path. Right. Or is this a really bad idea? (laughs) There's so much questioning when you're about to do something, even just little things, even just things in our lives that like, I have to do like wearing a biggest thing. I have to wear a dress to a baptism this weekend. And it's going to be in church. And I needed validation from friends that I was wearing the right dress. Like mm-hmm. just little things like that. I know that's like little, but that constant need, yes, I'm confident in everything of my decisions, but needing that, I, the, the, the wall to bounce something off, but that have that echo back, if that makes sense. Like, right. okay, I was right. I did. I'm on the right path. Thank you. And that, and then I'll go my way. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's, there's just something. And, and even if you, if you've got like something where you're like, I'm pretty confident in this decision, but just to have somebody else to kind of back it up. Mm -hmm. I call it a gut check. I'll say, can I just do a gut check on this with you? Um, is this, am I thinking about this the right way? Is this crazy? I do the, I do the new eyes are the best eyes, like mm-hmm. in, my work, in my work life. So like, if I do something and I know I've done it a hundred times and I'm confident, I always need a second set of eyes just to check those steps. Right. So mm-hmm. new eyes are the best eyes. It's just having a different person, different view on whatever it is that's coming right. in question, because there's things that come up that you may never even think of. And like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. that's why I think that's very, I like that you have a coach and that okay. the gut check. I like the gut yeah. check. That's a good yeah. one every day, but it's, it's never boring. And you're always <laughs> learning something new. Mm-hmm. Some, sometimes uh, you're learning th- about things you never really wanted to know about. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like right now I'm dealing with insurance issues and um, renewing my insurance. We just moved into a new space about almost six months ago. And uh, we went from 300 square feet, this tiny little space with three reformers to 1,050 square feet. And we now have six reformers, a Cadillac, two chairs. So it's it's what I'm calling B Pilates 2.0. And <laughs> it's, um, you know, it's uh, just things like insurance. Like I, I got an insurance quote and I don't really understand it. And I'm trying to get some other quotes. And am I looking at apples to apples? Right. Um, I had, uh, we, we had a sign installed, um, 
at, at our location. It's an illuminated sign. And I learned more about the sign business than I ever really <laughs> wanted to know and how signs are designed and how long they take to install and the permitting and all these things. I, I had no idea that it was going to take that long, be that expensive, um, how, how the sign was going to come together. And it took a lot of time, <laughs> a lot of time I really wasn't planning on, but we have a beautiful sign now, <laughs> but, um, but you know, you learn, you're learning about things every day. Some, some things that have nothing to do with Pilates, right. right. Have nothing to do with, with what my business is, but they're, they're just required of you. As well, I, I feel like people think business owner is this glamorous mm -hmm. life. And it's this, and I mean, like I said, my husband owns multiple businesses. So I see firsthand as a spouse of a business owner, how truly demanding it really is. Like I never, you know, growing up, I was all on my own business. It can't be hard. It's so easy. You know, it's as glamorous. I get to make my own hours. I get to work what I want. And then like to be married to somebody right? to see it. So I guess my question off of that would be, what have you found to be the most challenging part of being a business owner? Well, you know, I, when I first set up my QuickBooks and my accounting, I told the accountant, other than having children, nothing has made me feel more stupid than owning my <laughs> own business. <laughs> and I, the accounting piece was a part and it's, it's funny because my dad is a CPA and I did not oh. think that I inherited the, those genes at all. And actually I'm, I'm kind of coming into my own with it. And, and I, I know what I don't know. And I have a, a, a bookkeeper that I work with to look over my shoulder and make sure I'm not totally messing it up, but I can kind of hold my own um, in it. But learning about that and, and all of the, the legal and the accounting and the insurance and the administrative pieces of it that you don't really think about those, those pieces have been really challenging. And, and, you know, when you're, I, I like to say I'm the CEO and I'm the janitor, I'm kind of everything <laughs> in between, but being the CFO, that was a role that I was not being the chief financial officer. That was a role that I was not I don't feel like I was prepared for. I and in fact, my bookkeeper at one point when we were setting some things up, she said to me, you know, having your own business makes you want to go back to every job you ever had and thank your employer for ma making sure that your checks cashed. <laughs> and it certainly does. Like there are just so many pieces of it behind the scenes that nobody ever sees. Right. right. Um, and or acknowledges or know that people just assume are there. Mm -hmm. And so all of those kinds of behind the scenes, especially the accounting and the bookkeeping and the money management was pretty challenging at first. At this point, I feel like I've, I've definitely, uh, I'm holding my own with it. But um, at the beginning, it was really challenging. So when did you officially open the Pilates? So how long have you had it? Almost four years. So we opened okay. um, my lease started October 15th, 2018. I didn't have any equipment. I had, I had nothing. And so we, uh, you know, my, my father-in-law and my son and my husband put down the hardwood floors in the, in the place. Um, and 
we saw our first client, we ordered the equipment. I saw my first client the week of Thanksgiving in oh, wow. 2018. And by the way, I was still working on elections at that time. I, I was doing some freelance work. I, I wasn't a, an employee of the firm, but I was still collaborating with, with my old firm and still doing elections at that point. And so opened in late 2018, we had our grand opening in 2019, January of 2019. And then we moved into our new space in April of this year. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And to go from 300 square feet to over a thousand square feet right. is, is incredible that you were able to be like, wow, I've, I've outgrown this space. Right. Especially and, if you consider, you know, we had been open for three and a half years, two of which were the pandemic. I was going to so, say you survived COVID and were able right. to come out like that's incredible. Right. And that, and there was a time when I wasn't sure that we would. So quite frankly. During COVID, did you offer like virtual classes and whatnot? Yes, so obviously you guys, I've only done Pilates like once in my life. I've definitely never done the reformer, but I did, I think the mat, which yeah. is like yoga. And I was the same way when I first saw it, I was like, oh, okay. Dance yoga. Let's go try it. Right. I'm pretty right. sure I couldn't walk the next day. Right. <laughs> right. And I'm, I'm athletic. Like I run, I played sports, I work out. And that was, it was challenging for me. And I remember it was like at the YMCA. So when you did your virtual classes, obviously they couldn't use the machine. So you kind of did like the mat type stuff. Yeah. So the government shut us down and we shut down all gyms in late March. And so we went virtual March 20th of 2020. And it was, you know, I had only thought about, it's, it all seemed so sudden, you know, a week before, I, I feel like March 13th was kind of D-Day with COVID, mm-hmm. uh, March 13th of that year. So it had only been a week and I really wasn't planning on going virtual and then kind of wrapped my mind around it. And we had to do it very quickly. We had to be up and running virtually within, you know, 72 hours, I think I made, I, I finally made the call that Tuesday or Wednesday that we were going to, going to do it. And we were going to start it on Saturday. And then the next, within the next 24, or 48 hours, the governor shut us down essentially and shut down all gyms and fitness centers. And so we went virtual on Friday and we were virtual for two months until the, until the governor opened us back up. And we had to start off with just private sessions in, in the studio at first. So we just, just did private sessions. And then we did small groups, which at that time, actually, it was an advantage to be smaller because we only had three reformers. Right. And so we did private sessions and we did small and our groups were only three anyway. So it wasn't like I had all this real estate mm-hmm. and six reformers and could only use two of them. That would have been a lot more devastating than it was, but yes, to answer your question, we, we did go virtual for two months. It was super scrappy. We had, you know, our instructors would be on zoom live streaming from their homes. We would have, you know, a a mat, a yoga mat down on the living room floor. And you'd be hoping that the zoom camera wouldn't catch the pile of laundry behind you or the dog walking in or, you know, all those things. So we would live stream and you, you kind of had to, what we did mat classes and we did what we called reformer on the mat, where we were just using props. We would use foam rollers, 
we would use therabands, magic circles. Um, when we knew we were going to go virtual, we provided therabands for our clients. Um, we provided fun. links. We provided links for where you could purchase a foam roller, where you could purchase a magic circle if you wanted to. But with all of the classes, you couldn't assume that anybody that everybody had everything. So you have to offer different options for people who didn't have those props. Um, sometimes people, oftentimes people didn't want to be on camera when you were teaching them. And so sometimes it felt like you were teaching to air because you couldn't see anybody. Cameras off. Yeah, I have to say teaching was, air. Um, when I was doing during that time, I was at a kickboxing gym. Mm -hmm. and I would do my class with the camera off because I didn't want anybody to like see my right. garage. And then one time, one of the instructors like asked me to turn my camera on and I just left the meeting. because so I was like, I'm not turning my yeah, camera on. People just didn't want to Or they would sign up for the class, but then they wouldn't show up for the class. But then we would, it wouldn't show up for it live, but then we would send them a link. So you still had to basically do it and teach to air. And then hope it recorded correctly <laughs> and then right. set up the link that evening. It was, it was a lot. And the thing about Pilates is I don't know that it, I mean, it, I definitely have always had an appreciation for the mat work and a love for the mat work, but not everybody does. And uh, um, I think what's sexy about Pilates is the equipment. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't really translate as well online as some other modalities do like yoga. Yoga does still yoga studios are still live streaming right. their classes and yoga. All you need is a mat and maybe a little space on the, or maybe not even a mat, some carpet or, you know, some space on the floor. Whereas with Pilates, you, people are used to using equipment and props. And yeah. if you don't have that equipment and you don't have those props, you can try to simulate it as best you can, but it's not the same mm -hmm. as, as being on the reformer. Right. Oh, wow. So how long have you been in your new studio? We moved in, in on April 15th of this year. So we were in business for three and a half years exactly. And when we moved and we moved in April 15th, That's so so we, had, we took a week to get everything set up and we had our first class in the new studio on April 22nd this year. That's awesome. Yeah. So when you first, when you first were ready to open back in 2018, mm -hmm. were you ever nervous or did you ever wonder, am I going to have a client? You would have a client? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't when I first opened. <laughs> yeah, like how long, I guess, how, how long were you open before you had, and was it a walk-in or how did you advertise? Yeah, my first client, the first person that came in, um, so my, my friend, a fellow instructor, the one that I had potentially thought about partnering with was still working at another studio. And she saw, she had a client that she saw regularly for private sessions and she was going out of town for Thanksgiving. And so she told this client, why don't you go see Beth for your private sessions this week? And so I, I literally got the equipment in on a Friday and had and saw this client on a Monday on the Monday of oh, Thanksgiving. Wow. So spent the weekend with my husband trying to assemble a reformer. <laughs> okay, we assembled one reformer, and then we have the other two kind of shoved in the corner, you know, with the parts and piles. Assembled a reformer, 
I didn't even have my booking software set up yet. So I had, I, I had to take a cash payment because we had no, <laughs> no way to take a credit card. I mean, it was, it was kind of scrappy, but I think, um, and then, and then eventually I, I, um, some, some of the, my clients from, uh, you know, the other studio where I was working, they actually found me. Oh, nice. Um, and I had a friend come in. She, I still call her, you know, official client number one. Um, she joined me and then things started to kind of develop from there. Well, that's really cool. Yeah. I always really based on referrals and this, this uh, space that we were in was in a very small space, but it was in a really neat, a really neat uh, complex. And it was built to be kind of a wellness center. Okay. All of the businesses in this, it was an apartment complex, an environmentally sustainable apartment complex. And on the first floor was all wellness businesses. So I was next to a PT, a physical therapist on one side, there were mental health counselors. There was a massage therapist. There was an acupuncturist. There was a strength training gym. So people were already coming to this complex for those other services. So that was helpful. Um, and it was a really great place to get started. It was just to the point where we had outgrown the state and it was time to move into something bigger. That's really cool. So I have another question. If somebody came to you and said, Beth, I want to start my own business. What would your best piece of, or biggest piece of advice or most important piece of advice be to them? If you wait until you're ready, you'll never do it. You have to do it before you're ready. I love that. No one's ever ready for anything. Mm-hmm. Right. If, if you wait until you're ready, you'll never do it. Right. Oh, that's a good one. I'm trying to think if I have any more questions. Is there, I do, this will probably be my <laughs> last one. <laughs> Is there anything you regret in how you started, what you did? Did you think you made a mistake that was maybe kind of a teaching moment as well? where you just look back and go, what was I thinking? <laughs> oh, yes. I'm sure there are many um, that I think about it. Um, I mean, I don't have a lot of regrets in general in life because there are always lessons to be learned, even by the mistakes and the missteps. So if anything, I maybe regret not moving into this, looking for a bigger space or making plans to move into a bigger space, not doing it sooner. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, if anything, maybe I regret that, but I, but in general, I don't, I don't have a lot of regrets because they're, they've all been lessons. That's such a good way of looking at it. I don't have regrets because they've all been lessons. Mm-hmm. So that is a really good way of, of looking at it. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, as Nikki would say, we'd like to be mindful of time. Um, do you have any other questions, Nikki? Cause no, I have one final so- question. I know. I think this was great. Thank you for sharing your business journey with us. It's amazing. Yeah, thank you. Do you have any other or last little tips that you would, um, offer somebody before I ask my final question? Yeah, I would say, you know, don't be afraid to pursue your second act. You know, no matter what it, it, it's, there's an adage that's, I've heard a lot recently that really appeals to me. And that is, you are not too old and it is not too late. So if there is something in your heart that is 
tugging you or your intuition is speaking to you to pursue whatever it is, a certain pa- a passion, um, listen to it and explore it. And it's, don't, don't be afraid to, if, if, what, if something is not working in your life, if you change nothing, nothing changes. Right. So if something's not working in your life, change it. And what's the worst that can happen? Right. I, I mean, um, but I don't think you're, you'll ever regret pursuing your passions. Oh, gosh, you're just full of all this wonderful wisdom. I love it. <laughs> <Thanks. laughs> um, okay. I have one final question for you. Mm-hmm. What is the one thing you used to apologize for in the past, but you are unlikely to apologize for now? What I charge. <laughs> and, <laughs> and no in politics and in Pilates or, you know, I, I was, um, you know, I said I was kind of a political dabbler. <laughs> I still do some politics. I still get like sucked in um every now and then a friend told me like working in politics is like working in the mob like being in the mob you're never fully out <laughs> and um so I, I, like last december i get this call and uh from a candidate campaign and they're interested in working with me and i'm like well i'm not gonna do it by myself i'll, I'll collaborate with my old firm and i call them and we we put together a proposal and we you know get our pricing together and we submit it and um we didn't get the we didn't get the campaign and they we didn't get it because they thought we were too expensive. Oh. And there was a younger colleague that I was working with and he said, Oh, well, you know, we should have gotten an opportunity to come down and we should have, you know, how much, how, how much over were we and all these things. And I said, you know what our prices are, whether it's politics or it's Pilates, my prices are what my prices are. And they're based on, what I need to do to deliver a quality product or service and what I need to do to make a profit. And, and I don't know, I'm at the point now where I don't apologize for it. That's it is so good. Is. Yeah. Great. Knowing your um, word. And I think at, 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 you know, points in time in my career, I would feel bad about wanting it, feel bad about what I was charging or feel, I would feel bad about wanting to make money. Right. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to make money. There's nothing wrong with trying to make a living. And, right. um, and pr- if you're providing a quality product or service, then you should charge right. your work. No, I love that. Um, and my, my husband actually says, um, oh gosh, I just had it. I'm going to butcher it. Um, I don't do, I don't do this for practice. Right. Like because people always ask him, like, can I get a deal? Can I? And he's like, I don't do this for practice. Right. Like, you're paying me for the years of experience that I have. Right. If you want to pay, you know, this, then you need to. But I'm not go. the person for you. And that's yeah. okay. You know, that's that okay. is okay. I'm you're not, not going to be for everyone everybody. and everyone is not for me. Right. And there's, there are other options and, and that's okay. And like in this, this example that I gave, they ended up going with another vendor and, and that's fine. You know, we weren't what they were looking for and that's okay, but I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm not going to apologize for what we, for what we charge. No, that's, that's, that's good. Um, I, I love that. Like it, like Nikki said, knowing your worth, it's, Mm -hmm. 
Um, okay. Well, before I let you go, can you tell everybody where they can find you? Instagram, Facebook? Sure. Website, where are you? <laughs> Instagram and Facebook. And it's at B Pilates Austin, B the letter B Pilates, P-I-L-A-T-E-S Austin. And our website is bpilatesaustin.com. Awesome. And I'll put all links to all of that in our show notes. Great. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time to thank do this for us. This was fun. Thank you so much. Yeah. for having I me. really appreciate it. And I feel like I learned a lot and I, I, you had some really great little like pieces of advice that I feel like other people will be able to resonate with. So thank you so much. All right. Thank you. All right. We'll talk next week, guys. Right. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye.